So, in a totally untraditional manner, today I'm doing my podcast intro live. And so, my good friend Mark Zaret is here to introduce to you himself in the best way that he knows how, so that you know who he is before we get started today. Uh, I love it. And I, and I love that you just dropped this on me like 10 seconds ago, because I feel like most things in life should be sporadic. They should be spur of the moment and off of the top. So if I were to uh, describe myself in a professional way, first off, I'm not very professional, to be totally honest, but I have been working in the health and fitness world for about seven years, since about 2013. I am both a personal trainer and coach as well as a middle school teacher as well. So that's kind of where I live. I live in those two worlds. I have been teaching since 2010. And like I said, I've been training since 2013 and have definitely evolved as we've discussed uh, along the way. And I would say that now what I would specialize in is helping people find their path to health and wellness and what that can turn into in, in terms of the whole person. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at Yeg Fitness. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase episode 133. And I am wow. joined. It's a return guest. We have Mark Zaret is back on the show. How are you doing today? How has your day gone so far? Uh, two things. First off, I think that this was fate because I've said on multiple occasions, my goal, my plan is to live to be 133 years old. That's, <laughs> that's my plan. And to answer your second question, how am I doing? I'm doing fantastic. I have a fresh cup of water, a fresh cup of coffee, and I'm talking to my favorite human being on the planet. So, I mean, how could life be bad right now? Right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to like not smile when interviewing a person like yourself. And I want to give the listeners a bit of context as to you and your role in the lifestyle chase. For the longest time, like from January 1st onward, I was doing my daily episodes and they are in the vault now. So repurposed maybe at a further date. Uh, but there was a there was a day when I just, you know, like to do a 12 minute episode every single day is kind of tough. It's like a, it's a test because I think we all are destined to have bad days, days when we just struggle to uh, manifest rainbows and unicorns and stuff like that. But um on that day, I was able to tag in my friend Mark, and he did an episode for my audience. So if you have listened to Real Talk, if that was something that you used to listen to, he will be familiar for that reason. But not only that reason, um, Mark's first appearance on the Lifestyle Chase was episode 74. So if you're finding him interesting, go on back to that episode, check it out to kind of hear a bit more of his origin story. That episode was recorded on October 19th, 2019 and that's kind of crazy because episode 74 today we're on episode 133 i mean either time flies or i talk to a lot of people or something who knows but 
when I interviewed him on that day. It was nine days after he got engaged. And now he's married. Isn't that crazy? We get to see the journey live. <laughs> that is crazy. The lifestyle chase is documenting my lifestyle chase. It's absolutely true. And so I want to know because like you got married and then COVID-19 happened amidst everything else in the world and everything else going on in your life. Um, what did you learn about marriage with the combination of having just gotten married and COVID-19? About marriage specifically? Yeah, like, what's your journey been like having to really lean into that? Like, being that a lot of us were quarantined at home, we all get introspective. And so you've had a lot of quality time with with your other half. And so what what are the, what's the introspective moments that you've had in, um, in relation to basically your, your marriage and how that's been? Yeah, it's been, it's been absolutely great. And it, it was crazy because, you know, we, we got married right at the end of January and then a month and a half later, we are quarantined together and it's probably not how many people start their marriages. Um, but it, it was absolutely fantastic. Like it was very, very eye opening. So like right in the middle of March, I was off and then about two weeks later, uh, my wife stayed home and she worked from home for about a month. So it went from, you know, what would have been spending most of our days apart with both going to work and then coming home just at night. Like we got to be newlyweds and we got to spend like the entire day together. And it was just absolutely fantastic. Like it was, it was one of the best experiences ever. It got us to learn about each other's little idiosyncrasies together. Like I, I it really, the big takeaway I got, I got is that I was just blessed. Like, what are the chances I get married to the love of my life and now I get to spend all of this time with her with which I wouldn't? And it was funny because at the time I was looking on, you just hear people talking and like, oh, a lot of marriages are going to go through trouble. Like you got to see this person every day and like, oh, you need separation. And like all this weird, like almost like negative talk. And I was thinking like, man, I don't know. Like I'm just so happy right now. Like I, I, I get to see my wife every day and we get to talk. We get to really communicate better and uh, communicate more than we would have, which was really, really cool because I think that a lot of the things that probably would have taken time to develop, like little quirks about who, because we didn't live live with each other before this, about like who we are, they kind of all got brought to the forefront right away. So we got to kind of deal with those little minor issues as they were, and we just got to do it together. Like had we not gotten married, we, and like, so I have certain like underlying health issues that puts me in one of like the at-risk people for this COVID. Like because of that, we probably wouldn't have seen each other for a long time. And now there are a lot of people that we, a lot of people that we know who had marriage or had weddings planned like between April and the rest of this year, they've had to postpone them. They've had to change plans. Like it's really, really unfortunate or a little bit of a, a struggle. So like I feel super, super blessed that I was able to to spend this time with my wife like it was really really cool and as far as marriage goes just the the necessity to communicate and not put things on the back burner was the biggest takeaway that i got from this from spending so much time together right away and it was that too in itself was a blessing well i think that's really cool and you brought up something else that kind of has you stand out in this time um, so my audience knows that you're a cancer survivor and they know that you're resilient. Um, talk about like your experience 
as someone with underlying health conditions and how that might make just going outside different than what it would have been otherwise. Uh, yeah, it certainly, it makes you hyper aware and hyper cautious and it can turn into hyper fear if you allow it to. But so like this all happens and I had, I had my, I had a cancer checkup in April and then that got postponed until actually just a couple of days ago or yesterday, whatever, uh, until yesterday. So being really in the unknown and the unaware, it makes you really, really nervous because like by, on all, on all accounts, I should be healthy, right? I'm, I'm in my thirties. I, I am very, very active. I eat well by and large. I'm a very, very healthy person. But like, I don't have two kidneys. I have uh, extremely messed up blood. We'll just say that. Like, my blood work is very, very. I have low immunity in terms of my white blood cells are very low, along with other things. So, it makes you very, very cautious. So, as you brought up, what does that do as far as like going outside? It puts you on edge because I'm fully, I'm fully confident that should I acquire this virus, I'll be okay. Like in my mind, I know I'll be okay. But there's that big, big if. There's that huge if. And it's like, I don't want to play with the potential of my kidneys shutting down. I want to play with the potential of all these other things. And far more so now that I am married. Like, it's not about me anymore whatsoever. Like, I I have to be overly cautious in case something happens to me for the sake of my wife. So in doing so, it certainly put me, it put me on a more apprehensive uh, take on things and to be a little bit more cautious. Um, but with that being said, it, because of all the underlying conditions, I have an extreme perspective on life too. And, uh, it's finding that balance between not being stupid and not taking risks for the sake of taking risks and being smart about it, but also finding that balance between not letting it control your life. So like even now, I'm not going to really go out into gatherings too much. I, I, I try to avoid going into grocery stores as much as I can and things like that. But with that being said, uh, I will get outside. I, I'm going to go out. Like I'm going to, I go on, on walks or runs every day and I don't wear a mask if I'm out. In, I live in a pretty open spot. I don't live in a town, but it, it's just, it just made me hyper aware, which I think is a good thing. Hyper in the moment. Well, for sure. I mean, in, in my friend circle, like it's very common amidst the people that I talk to that like we got a mask ready for the grocery store we go into the grocery store we wear a mask like what's it gonna harm us to wear a mask in the grocery store and from my point of view it's like certainly a person without their mask might feel like ah oh, yeah whatever no big deal but are they seeing the bigger picture like even yourself with with your own body and your own immune system you mentioned how you're talking about your marriage this new bond that you had formed with your wife and like how meaningful that is to you and how that kind of comes back to make you think okay it is important that i look out for me for who i am for someone else and i think sometimes we can lose touch like if not for ourselves why not for someone else and not necessarily for like there's so many angles to take it we can take it the angle that we're wearing a mask to look out for our elderly relatives, but we can also take it from the angle of we're wearing a mask um, to look out for someone else's relatives or for someone else, or we're doing it because we're protecting ourselves from being someone someone's loss. Like, let's say um, the odds were against 
the favor of our, our health and all of a sudden this illness took us out like we still play a role in other people's lives whether we realize it or not which brings us to one of my favorite qualities about you um, in a lot of cases you end a statement with tell someone that you love them and I want to know why is that something that resonates so strongly with you like what are the things that make you like really emphasize that um well i guess even to tie it in with with the previous statement that you made and and the last little topic there like i think that we are very very polarized by things in our in our society in our life politics being a big one and it's been really weird for me to to look and see like even the mask issue you you certainly have people on one end of the spectrum of this whole COVID thing who who will preach to the high heavens that if you go out and do anything remotely frivolous or in public, it's going to kill thousands and millions of people. And then the opposite side is this whole thing is a hoax. It's not even real. We're being infringed upon our rights and uh, like pretty much f the system. Do all of that and. I feel it's very, very weird, and one of the things that I, it, it, it troubles me about our society and just people in general is is how how divisive we can become and and fall into one camp or the other without having an actual nuance and thought about what what do I actually feel and what do I think is right. So, like you just said, maybe you're not overly worried about the. Uh, about this virus. Maybe you are overly worried. You have to do what's comfortable for you, but there's no reason that we can't also think about other people in the process. So like, maybe you think it's silly because you don't want to go walk out by yourself in the woods with a mask on. Okay, that's fair, but it's probably also fair and it's not really that big a deal that you go into a store, you just put a mask on, if not for you, for the sake of somebody else. Like, we don't always have to go to the extreme of being offended or being kind of put down in a certain way. And I think that I think there's a lot of politics and a lot of divisiveness and a lot of rhetoric that kind of cause one way or the other. I, do, I don't care one way or the other what people think, but it leads us to that second question of why, why do I say that? Because I feel like in anybody who's gone through any type of traumatic thing, which is actually everybody, will realize that, and you'll, you'll hear this a lot, like, you know, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to remember your work, you're not going to remember these material items, it's going to be the relationships that you had and all of that stuff, and it's so true, but we can we can preach that rhetoric all day, but we, I, don't, I don't know that a lot of us really appreciate it in the moment, and we were talking about this before we even started recording, about how life is really made up and, and filled with those kind of BS conversations, those those what are seemingly nonsensical uh, discussions and conversations with our friends, our family, loved ones, strangers, the little arguments over which which football team is better, which food is better, do you like our tacos better than pizza, and these little fun arguments. Uh, that's what makes life life. That that is what brings enjoyment and fulfillment to life. They seem nonsensical, but they're not. And Far too often we overlook those things as being significant when they when they actually are the meaning of life. And one of the biggest meanings in terms of saying things in discussion is letting people actually know and feel that you love them. Like, I love you, Chris. I love my wife. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love these people. And I think far too often we just assume that they know it. But there's a difference between assuming somebody knows it and somebody actually hearing it. It totally changes the feelings, the demeanor, and the actual life of another person. Like when you hear from somebody that 
they actually love you, when you have the opportunity to tell somebody that you love them, that's worth its weight in gold. Because tomorrow, you could get told you have cancer. Because, I mean, 18-year-olds, they don't get cancer, right? 25-year-olds don't. 29-year-olds even, they don't get cancer. I know I can get cancer, but I'm not going to actually get it until it happens. And what if that is the day that you didn't let somebody know that you love them, that you didn't get to spend those times with, with the ones that you love? Um, it, it's, it's a really scary thing to think about, but it's also a really positive thing. Uh, we've talked before in the past about this idea of memento mori, a memento mori where like uh, one day you will die. And it seems like a really scary thing. It seems like a really sad thing. But I've really used that mindset and that thought to, to translate it into a really good thing. Tomorrow you could die. Tomorrow you could get terrible news. Tomorrow the entire world could get shut down because of a virus that doesn't seem possible in the year 2020. So today, make sure you tell somebody that you love them because it means exponentially more than you will ever know to both you and to the other person. That was a lot of rambling. I'm sorry. That was perfect. That was beautiful. And I got to sneak this one in here. Love you too, Mark. Um, and truly, I think what COVID-19 did to people like it gets us in our heads so much i don't know about you but i'm okay to say covid19 got me into my head um mm -hmm. living by yourself is tough uh having to distance yourself not only from like friends but also in some amount from from your immediate family like i was able to see my immediate family but like we were pretty structured with it um we weren't just like okay these people, we can see them no problem because we understood that there was some risk. When you don't know, you don't know. And when you're following health guidelines, you're, you're trying to look out for your people. And so like hours and hours and hours of being by myself, I like still have not seen like most people that listen to this podcast, like my, my friends that listen to this podcast, I haven't seen them in months. Like one quarter of the year has gone by and I haven't seen these people. And so if there's anything that I can promote, it is honestly those those acts of reassurance. Because like, um, I, I was recently on another Edmonton podcast and I told people about this. It's like, you look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson and you look at how strong he seems and un how unshakable he is. And we could like, we could pick anybody that we think is just like, big strong like we we wish we could be like them or like someone that's a good role model like whoever it is for us we can pick them and we know that they they're not invincible like they they have things that knock them out that take them out we we see how prevalent mental health is in our society just how nobody is really just unshakable and so I like that you promote that that sentiment, that that act, that gesture, and you're able to articulate it because I think hopefully it'll serve as a reminder to people to kind of get a little bit sappy with your friend circle, um, get extra expressive. If ever there was a time to be expressive with our social media and stuff, it's now. Like we still have a lot of people that are taking their steps to um, live their life to the best that they can. I'm not going to be pushy with any of my clients as to whether they're in a gym, whether they're outside or whether they're at home, because I don't know the answers. All I know is what works for me. I know that they have their best interest in their mind. And I'm just like, how can I help you have a better day today? What does that look like? Is it 
me sending you a message, an email, a video, call you on a video call, meet you at the gym, meet you outside. Like, I don't know what that answer is. It's only them that knows. But it's just like, it's such a fluid time. It's such a time to be in tune with each other. Something that I thought about recently is like, unless we really lean into our our friendships and our relationships and everything that we have in our life, similar to what you had to do, you had to lean into your marriage a little bit to really understand the dynamics of it and like the what each of you needed as individuals and you know like what you needed to be happy and, and what your day needed to include um you had to lean into that and learn it and we can have all the instagram facebook friends in the world but in a time like this it becomes very evident that a person could move to another continent and you wouldn't know based on the posts that they make you wouldn't know based on the songs that they share or the quotes that they put out on Facebook or whether they had a smiley emoji or not, you would know based on how much you leaned into that, like um, the questions that you asked or the creative and innovative things that you did. Um, Being able to check in through a video message is a pretty powerful thing because you can look into a person's eyes and you can see joy or you can see defeat. And then you can see if perhaps you can enlist yourself on that person's team because we all need a team we all need to see people to surround ourselves and like no matter where you're at in your career you you need to be surrounded by a team with that being said yeah. i want to know like, well and, oh, oh and, and i and i think that and you you hit the nail right in the head is where people can be in totally different continents you could change continents by the day and you could it could appear as though it's all business as usual and i think that that speaks to the importance of, of digging into meaningful conversations and meaningful check-ins and and uh something that i've really got acquired to say now is like instead of just say telling somebody tell someone you love them today like and mean it like actually have meaning and, and thought behind it because it's easy to say something and it's an entirely different thing to actually do it with purpose and having those meaningful conversations is huge and this has been a huge eye-opener for me because like I, I, I'm somebody who like I want. I'm hugging people. I high five. Like in a given day, I high five 200 kids a day at all of the fitness classes that we have. There's high fives everywhere. There's hugs. We BS afterward. We have coffee time. Like it's a real community type thing, and it's very, very up close and personal. And like on weekends or at night, I would work by myself, and I can get really, really in the zone. And like I feel like I'm somebody who's really, really great on my own like I, I can do everything on my own i'm great and i realized a few weeks in like that's only i'm really great on my own because that was on the back end of spending the majority of my day with other people with all these other people and i took that for not realizing i took that for granted when that was stripped away now just being on my own is a different thing and you you definitely need people to to come in and have that have those meaningful conversations and a meaningful conversation can just be checking in asking how like if i if i if i were to call you do a video call with you and i ask you what you had for breakfast that can be a very insignificant non-meaningful contact because i could just not be listening or i could really want to know what you had for breakfast so we could talk about it and then that becomes an extremely meaningful conversation because i had a connection with you we we actually talked we actually cared for each other's thoughts and emotions and stuff and i think that that's very very important and also because I'm just going to ramble now. I apologize. Like, one of, one of the best things that can happen from this is, is, and it's anybody that's had a traumatic event of any kind, which 
fortunately for all of us now, even if you had in the past, we've all had one now. It's we all have this great perspective check, and we and the question is then what are we gonna do with that perspective check? So like when you go into so like yesterday I had to go into uh, I, had, I, had, I had a cancer doctor appointment, and when you go into those, as confident as you may feel, you there's the big unknown. Like you know they draw your blood, and you know they they'll take scans, and you're pretty hopeful things are good, but you really don't know. And when you've been bit by that bug in the past, it's hard to not go back there. Uh, so that can be a negative, but it's also a huge blessing because you you it gives you a sense of perspective to not only appreciate the moment and appreciate what is important, but it allows you to not get frustrated, not get upset, and not be not have your joy taken away by other things. So like getting caught in traffic, that's a, that's that's a terrible thing. Somebody being a jerk to you uh, uh, when you're at your work or when you're out in public or whatever that 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 kind of stinks, you know. Um, not not having all of the best workout equipment that you would normally do, not being able to go high five all of your friends, not being able to meet up like you used to, having to wear a mask when you go into a store. These are all inconveniences that might upset you. But when you're sitting there, when you're when you're in a doctor's waiting room waiting to hear if you have cancer, you realize like those are irrelevant. That that why would that upset me? I was going to do this, now I can't, now I'm going to do this. So what? Like it's it's no big deal at all, and the cool thing is now everybody has had the uh, everyone has in the same boat. Like you you brought up a really cool thing on a podcast of mine you were on before about how it's cool because it's not a good thing, but it's unique. I'll say in the sense that every single person in this world is going through the same thing. Like that's unlike anything else. And I brought up how it's weird because like nine eleven happened and. I, I was I was in high school when 9/11 happened, and that's like the last thing that we could say changed the world. But in in reflection of it, I realized like I don't know. I don't know. Did 9/11 change the world? Like in America, it certainly did. And it, as an American, it everything was different, and there was a sense of of like you know national pride and all of that, which is great. But like as big as that was. I don't know that somebody in Turkey or somebody in Botswana or somebody in Thailand was overly affected by it. We hear things all the time about things that happen in Europe, bad things that happen in Europe or the Middle East or 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 Eastern Asia, and they're just news. They don't really affect us on a personal level. So, like, I realized I don't know that 9-11 did that, but this one certainly did. Like, everybody in Botswana and in Thailand and in Mongolia – they're all dealing with the same things. There's lockdowns, there's quarantines, there's restrictions, there's there's bad things happening. So we're we we're all got to kind of feel and sense the same thing. So there's a great perspective. All of the little things that maybe you took for granted or the things that frustrated you, you can easily put those by the wayside now. Because tomorrow you could be forced to stay in your home and miss all of those opportunities. And the the the, the traffic, the you ordered a you ordered a chocolate donut and they gave you a vanilla donut. The little inconveniences, they don't mean anything. Let it go. Don't let any of that strip away the joy in your life because you can easily, you brought up the word pivot before, you can easily pivot, you can easily maneuver, and you can focus on what is actually important. And what is important is stopping right now and telling somebody that you love them. That was awesome. And I want to pick your brain a little bit because like we've both had our individualized experience of going through this this uncertainty, these unprecedented times and these shifts in life and like I mean 
throughout everything in life you need sort of like a support group so i'm curious i want to know like what does your support group look like for you does it change does it stay the same what are some key moments where you felt supported by someone oh gosh i have i have the best support system ever so the people in my life both actual blood family and just friends which i do consider family is tremendous and it is it is profound and um, you know, it's, it's cool. It's cool to think about how it's cool to think about how, like, if you just look at your life in five year gaps, so let's say 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, whatever, however old you are, like, if you look back at every five year chunk, it's crazy to think about how different your actual life is. The people in your life, the actual daily activities that you do and how you go about your, your just everyday life. And I think that through the course of your life, everyone has, or a lot of people have like those kind of those mainstays, whether they be root family members or certain friends, like my best friend, Russ, I've, he's been my best friend since I was 10 years old. And he's like the one person who I've, I've literally talked to every single day in some form, whether it be texting or whatever, like every single day since pretty much I was 10 years old. And you have, you have those that are kind of mainstays, but then like, you're like maybe really, really close friends five years ago, the people that you did daily life with, there's probably a lot of those that kind of drifted away or changed your scenario might've changed your work might've changed, but uh, they, they probably all still have a meaningful impact on you. And I think that for me, I've been super fortunate that I've always been surrounded by people whom have given it, it. It's been very reciprocal of giving and, taking in support both like physically emotionally uh lending a hand just being supportive of, of each other uh, along the way and i think that that's what really makes somebody family like i really got i got kind of put off by the term fit fam that like fit fam was like a big thing and like oh it's my fitness family and it's like the cool thing to do and everyone talks about it and i think i got I got a little turned off by that because like the people whom i i, I exercise with and the people who whom i train with like they are they're true. They truly are my family. And it's just the little check-ins, the little daily things, and the, the actual interest in each other's lives is what makes a supportive life. And, and I, I've been really, really fortunate enough to have a lot of them in my life. Like my parents are both absolutely fantastic, extremely supportive. Uh, my wife obviously now is extremely supportive. I've had amazing, very, very close friends, amazing friends. So I wouldn't necessarily consider like super close, but have always reached out, have always been there, have always been supportive, even with those daily check-ins, the daily I love you's, the little things like that. And it's been really, really great. And we had a conversation before about mentors and um, mentors is a weird word because I think that I have found the benefit of having like a direct personal mentor. Uh, shout out to Phil, who's really guided me through a lot of different avenues in life. And it's been really, really helpful. But uh, mentors just kind of how like there's a lot of people who can be your mentors it's just how you how your relationship grows with one another and like so I, I'm, I'm looking over at a picture of, of one of my one of the most important people in my life Donna whom I've I've been training now for five over five years and uh, you know you brought up the term support and outside of my immediate family and all of that like Donna is somebody who has supported me in ways that are like that are unbelievable. Like w w when she first signed up to, to start training, it was to help, you know, she wanted to move better. She wanted to lose a little bit of weight and she just wanted, wanted to feel better. And in that process, her physical transformation is awesome. It's great. She's lost tons and tons of weight. She, she 
was very, very limited with her movement. Now she can do everything. You know, she, she can, she had no idea what a kettlebell was. Now, now she just, she just wanted to like, you know, do her laundry without feeling in pain. Now she can do a bunch of physical stuff. She can snatch kettlebells, all that stuff. It's great. Her health is fantastic. And all of that is irrelevant because but from a, from, from a, um, a selfish standpoint, like what she has done and meant for me has been unbelievably bigger than any type of physical transformation that she has acquired in the process of this. Like we, we call our, and this is the, this is the case with probably most everybody who trains people, but like, there's more than just the exercise. It's the relationship and it's the, we, we call it therapy and it truly, truly is therapy because like she was there when I got cancer. She was there to get me through all those hard times. She was there in my, in my, uh, uh, getting back together with, with my now wife. Um, she has gone through a myriad of ups and downs in her own personal life. And yeah, we can swing kettlebells. Yeah. We can lift barbells. Yes. We can move more. We can walk more. We can lose body fat, but that's all great. But, all of that health and fitness should be a a driving force toward deeper relationships and a more meaningful and impactful life. And um, she's just one example of somebody who has seen me and talked me through a lot of life issues that I've had via health and fitness. Uh, and I have, a, I have a lot of people like that in my life. She, she's an extreme example, but I have a lot of people in my life who've always been there to support me. Well, you answered that really well, and I like the examples that you used. And even in talking about mentors, like mentor, again, a fluid term. It's something that can be interpreted different ways and different phases of our life, like different five-year spans. We're going to look at that differently. And like for myself, I have like, oh, I can't even count on two hands how many like genuine mentors I have, like parents people who are like parents people who are friends older friends younger friends like it's just like there's no real um limit to how many people you can have that shape who you are and support you in being yourself and it's wonderful if you can position yourself in in a place in your life where where you can find those people we're going to segue a bit here in this podcast of ours um when i woke up this morning i saw a facebook memory of like my my graduation experience i graduated from high school 10 years ago and i know you're a bit older than me so you will have to dive a bit further down the rabbit hole but what was your graduation experience like if you if it came up in your facebook memories what would your your reflections be uh my actual graduation itself yeah I graduated in 2003 so it was slightly longer slightly slightly longer than you but if there would be Facebook memories to come up about my graduation. It would be a lot of laughs and smiles with uh, a lot of people who I wish I still saw on a daily basis. It would be really, really cool. But I'm super happy that I've had the opportunity to spend time with, like, I I loved high school. I, I love school. The actual schoolwork, maybe not so much because I'm a teacher now, but, like, I love school. And that, that that's actually a really good point. Uh, one of my biggest – one of my biggest um, things that hurts my heart is to to come across and hear kids that don't like school, that genuinely dislike school, because I love school. And every every, every kid, like, you know, every kid hates school. Like, oh, I hate going to school. I don't want to do this. But, like, you actually kind of dig it. You actually, you actually kind of like going to school because you get to see your friends. You get to you get to joke around. And, you know, learn, learning stuff's not that bad in comparison to everything else. 
uh, and I really, really had a good time. And I know that every single person, every single kid, specifically in this scenario, but really anybody in, in any situation, uh, you can find enjoyment in the things that you feel like you don't like. And I think that it behooves all of us to help people find those paths because like, I, I got a smile just thinking about when you, when you just said that, like thinking about my own graduation, like so, and that's the cool thing about social media now is you can kind of check in with people whom you haven't, whom you haven't talked to in a while. But like when I think back in my own memory of graduation, it's a lot of high fives, a lot of hugs, a lot of laughs, a lot of people whom you spent the last 12 years of your life with making really, really good memories. And it was just like a really, really good time. I didn't really have any like enemies or anything like that in school. Like, I was I was a pretty friendly person, and I had a lot of I have like a lot of good memories thinking about graduation, and it's crazy because that was what 17 years ago, and it's gone by like that, and kind of like going into the perspective thing, like we can have the same conversation 17 years from now, and it's going to go by like that. Uh, so I don't know. I just have good memories from from graduation. Well, it's kind of cool because like I think different experiences and different things kind of shape us and that's why it's cool to uh really identify these these differences and be able to understand them so like for for myself um like to be totally transparent i look back on on those facebook memories and i feel kind of like it's upsetting in a way and it's not that i didn't enjoy high school i i did i did like school i was an academic i had a lot of things that I enjoyed. I enjoyed sports. There's classes that I loved. There was things that served as like frustrating obstacles. And I think no matter where we are in our life, we're going to have obstacles. Even if we really love the experience, there's going to be something that's in our way. But I think it kind of gave me some perspective that when you find like meaningful connection and when you find like good people, like that is a sign, like um, find ways to bring more of those people into your life. Like I basically, the Facebook memory that came up for me is, um, I think somebody got a picture and it was right when I was going up on the stage to receive the, the diploma or whatever it is. And like, I just remember feeling so empty, so empty. And I didn't party and most of my graduating class did. And so that kind of like put me in a whole category by myself and so I just as much as I aspired to be the best version of myself and I had some really good friendships and I really admire some of my teachers that I met um that is definitely like that's like the the chunk of my life that I kind of like to kind of compartmentalize and like put away put to the side but the perspective that it's given me is to be able to really value these incredible meaningful connections that we have like you and i by definition are are like we we haven't been in the same state or province as each other ever let alone the same room but like i talked to you during the last three months more than i talked to a lot of people like i've i've shared some time on your podcast a few times you me and our good friend alex mcbarity have spent some time together and it's just like it's it's perspective to kind of like um recognize what we have in our lives and when you reflected on like the people that you have in your life like i can understand that you can really recognize like what they mean to you it's not just clients these are people that impact your life through every day that they live 
um, and and vice versa. And it's just, what is life if not for the connections that we find? And we we don't know what we have until it's gone. And if the the people in your life today are wonderful, then find the ways to recognize them. Which I guess circles back to like why we have to affirm to people in our lives what makes them so special and find those creative ways to uh check in but i'm gonna bring us to our next topic or actually no you take it away take it away all right right. because i want to i want to bring up something i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you to rethink about how to to rethink about how you view those times in your life because you brought up something really really i think significant and that is uh like you talked about how When you look back at those lives, you kind of compartmentalize it because maybe you did feel alone. Maybe maybe if you look and you compare it to uh, maybe you had friends that were out partying and you didn't, or you were you were into these activities and they weren't. Like I look back at I, if if I were to look back at real actual picture Facebook memories that popped up, you would see me and you would also see about eighty more pounds of me on there as well. There's a whole another there's a whole list of things that I should have done. I can look back and say I would have done, I should have done, I could have done, and maybe I want to kind of hide that. And I did that for a long time. And I think that, um, I think that's normal. Like I kind of, I kind of take, I kind of quiver at the idea of people who say like, I live with no regrets. I have no regrets. Like I think everybody has regrets, things, things that they wish they kind of did differently or would have done differently here. But I think the key is to look at those things that maybe you would have done different, but as a blessing, it's finding the silver lining in those. So like a great analogy, and we've talked about my, my, my wife here, like we met 10 years ago and the middle gap of that is, was, was tumultuous at best. Lots of ups and downs, a lot of, uh, some ups and a lot of, a lot of heartbreak and in, in, in the bowels of, of life in that time. And you look back at some people and you say like, man, they, they said that they had the perfect relationship. They, they started dating. They, have, they got they got married at 22. They have these kids like, what if we had done this? It would be it would be different. It would be whatever. And all that is true. But I love to look at the and, and, and a great quote is comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, and it's so true. Even if you are just comparing a life that you could have wanted to the one that you actually did have. I like to look at the story of your life as being very, very unique. Like we could have had a 10 year start on our marriage had we worked things out then, but we didn't. And all of those up and down chapters, they led us to the path that we're in right now. They wrote the story of our lives. All those chapters, all those weird things that they led us to now. It would have been great if I didn't get, if I didn't weigh like 250 pounds at one point in my life, if I didn't eat McDonald's all the time and, and Wendy's and, and eat pizza and drink and all of that stuff. That would be great if I just lived a life of health and fitness. I'd have been way ahead, but that led me to this path. All of those things kind of brought me and shaped me into the person that I am. So when I look back on the day that I leave this earth when I'm 133 and I look back, like all those are really, really cool chapters that are unique, they're different, and they've led me to this point. So you can kind of learn to appreciate those things. And and I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to not compartmentalize them. But I think it's cool to look at them as the story of your life that led you to this person that you are now. Like this this, this Chris Little that I talk to all the time that I've talked to over the past few months over this COVID thing, like he's a really, really awesome person. Like I love that. I love this dude. He's a great guy. He's he's unique. He's at all these interests. He does a podcast. He trains people. He's he's great at like videography, all of these things. Uh oh. Oh no. And person in high school that he was. It's this 
you you cut oh. out for a second you cut out so at all of these things um that's when i lost you and then you came back mm. shortly after all of, all of all of these cool things that you do and you are are just a result of the person that you were back then. It is a part of your story. Like 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 chapters 19, 20, 21, 16, 17, they're all unique and they're all really, really cool in the story of your life. So like, I think that uh, it, it's, again, like I said, I, I don't know that, I don't know that this is not even advice. I don't know that the, the words of wisdom are to not compartmentalize those things, but really try to find the appreciation of those chapters are really, really cool parts that led you into the amazing person that you are today. Like, I think that, I think it's important because I used to do it all the time. Like look back, like, Oh, I, I hate looking at that. I hate, and it, 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 you'll find this a lot with people, me being no exception of, um, some people look at old, let's say you were extremely old, let's say you weighed 400 pounds and now you, you've, you've gone through this whole journey, now you weigh 200 pounds, you look great, you're phenomenal. Some people will look back at those old pictures and like relish in them being like, man, look, at that's great, look how far I've come. And other people, it, it, it cringes. Like to even look at old pictures, it's like, it's, it's heartbreaking, it's <clears throat> upsetting and uh, it's normal. I think, I think that's normal and, and I think everybody has the right to feel emotionally however they desire, but... I think it really behooves you to try to work on embracing those those what you would consider darker days because it's those darker days that led you to be able to live in the light that you're in now, which you wouldn't get any other way outside of your unique story that got you there. And I think that's important. I think that's important for everybody, like in any scenario of life. It doesn't have to be with weight. It doesn't have to be with maybe you were shy younger on. Maybe you did had these mistakes. Like it's really cool to think about. That's your life. That's a story of your life. And you only get to do it one time. So like appreciate all of it, which is hard, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I completely agree. And when I say like compartmentalize, it's not like I erase it completely. And I definitely I can recognize and acknowledge like where my empathy comes from. Like when I'm able to see someone um, and they feel like maybe they're like the, the black sheep in the group or maybe... Um, they feel not heard or whatever it may be like i i find i tend to be more empathetic based on my journey in life so far and i'm very like savvy to the fact that there's going to be plenty of, of times when it's like oh man like frustrating moments or or times when when you wish that life was different or or all these different struggles that shape us um, one thing that I've sort of learned in my, in myself is I have a tendency to almost like dwell on past experiences, like almost let them own me. And then it takes away from, from how I have grown. And so in setting those things aside and letting them motivate me, like I'll give you a little snapshot. Like I, I played basketball in junior high and so we travel with the team and like my first year I was just a beginner. And I was doing basketball because of uh, a very influential teacher in my life. Um, he said that uh, I should give it a shot, that I should believe in myself. And so that was a big part of why I wanted to do it. And I would practice in the machine shed with my with my dad. We set up a basketball hoop and so I could practice layups and stuff. And it was like, I was kind of like an awkward, like I wasn't too coordinated during the times that I was playing basketball. But... I wanted to be there and I wanted to be part of the team and being part of the team felt great. And the thing that resonates in my head is like several games sitting on the bench and then like some of my teammates were like, here you go, water boy, fill these up. And it's just like, 
as painful as that was for that like 14 15 year old me like now i lift more than the entire team <laughs> so it's yeah. like how do you like me now boys <laughs> yeah that's but, great yeah that's and i mean great. it's not to like showcase that or be like what was me what was me but i think we all have moments where we can really take hold of our power um i think a lot of people that listen to the lifestyle chase have a similar story in which uh somebody tried to knock them on their ass and just because they try doesn't mean that you have to deem them successful you could actually stand up taller than they could ever possibly be and this is not relative to our literal anatomical height it is just the amount of presence that we take in being ourselves. like uh no matter how you show up in this world to be empowered in what that looks like is a pretty powerful thing that nobody else can take away from you unless you let them and it's mm -hmm. there are times when it is really hard to hold on to that hold on to like your power your presence your individuality and then that's why we surround ourselves with people that uh enable that to happen like you and i could not be who we are if not for the people that we have in our lives that support us in being who we are as individuals yeah for sure which is why it's important to seek those people out absolutely yeah for sure so we talked about like five year chunks of time um off the top of your head can you think of a very influential five year period of time Oh yeah, from twenty five to thirty, for sure was, I would say it was for sure the biggest uh, period of growth for me. For sure, it's where I really, I, I think I really mentally and physically took the step from from boyhood to manhood in that time, which is still an ongoing process for sure. Um, but I just turned thirty five a couple weeks ago, and uh, thirty to thirty five obviously very very huge as well but like i think that there's something that's i think that there's a transition that happens <clears throat> i think probably for a lot of people both men and women from 25 to 30 when you really transition out of a lot of childish things to adult things and i don't mean that in a childish things being a negative thing but like you start you start to realize you have enough life experience to understand that you don't know anything and you start to make that separation between like childish things to, to, to adult things. Um, in that time, you realize a lot of the, like for, for me specifically, I started to take my career, my health, my fitness, my purpose in life far more. I actually gave it thought before that. I don't know that I gave it thought and which is why I hold, I hold the, the, this notion that before the age of 25, you don't know anything. Like if you're under the age of 25, you don't know anything. And if you're listening to this, you're under the age of 25. I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't. I don't mean that in a critical way. Because then there's a lot of people who have their act together before then. But like, I think that that's just like a broad line in the sand. Like when you hit 25, you start to realize like, okay, I'm really an adult now. I really gotta start taking some things seriously with all areas of my life, and maybe I can really commit to to building a legacy. But for for not. Um, like not um, egotistical reasons or like to, to self-grandize, but for just living a good life. For me personally, it's when I realized that really my life is not about me and I need to do more with my life to do more in this world. And that, that was, it was a huge, huge transition for me. 
uh, which was culminated by me getting cancer right at the end of it. So it was like <laughs> the, the whole myriad of ups and downs happened in that five year period. And it was, it's really, really helped transform me into the person that I am still trying to become today. I like that. And I mean, you're, you pretty much nailed it with that uh, 25 year line in the sand. Like I would echo that same statement, basically like, please don't feel upset if you're under 25 and you're listening to this. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're underqualified or that you're not experienced or that like, I know, I know some 20 year olds with like more life experience through the tough things in life than I may ever get in the entire period of my life. Like, some people have been through some heavy, dark times and they're fighting the fight. But take it as like a measure of, of potential. Like, say if you're 20, 21 years old right now and you're like, oh, I've been through it all. I am just like, this is about as much as I can handle. Well, we can reassure that person that they can handle so much more and there's so much yeah. more growth to to take place and so many more joyful moments like i can think of any given year and no matter how crazy that year was like even this year pandemic everything going on with our our climate the different uh, tornadoes and floods um everything going on with society um even this year there are things that i think bring us both joy that we can kind of reflect on that shaped us who we are that have helped us grow and so no matter what life throws your way um you you're gonna be better for it to handle it um and a song that i like to listen to sometimes and i hopefully don't butcher the artist but it's uh i think the song is called i wish you pain and it's by like andy grammar or something and the reason why i like to listen to it i mean one of my close friends kind of brought it to my attention. It was uh, at like a, a fitness fitness gathering. And it was just, you, you find a lot of music at these things. People share their favorite songs. You're working out to different songs. And that song to me is, it's a powerful statement. Just getting people to really understand that like, some of our biggest triumphs in life, like some of the things that make us feel the most whole or some of the things that bring us the most beauty in life are at the cost of going through some of the toughest things one could ever imagine. And I, I can't imagine the amount of tough things people are going through right now with um, stresses of finance and stresses in, in their, their love and um seeking compassion like when i survey the people around me and it, it's hard to say how receptive they would be to what i would deem a survey but like i think a lot of us are so much in our own head that we think it's just us that feel in our own head but it's everybody it's uh people surrounded by people in their home people with nobody in their home it's people who are wealthy people who are poor a lot of people are kind of like where do we go from here um a lot of people might like even if they're successful in their business might feel doubt people not successful in their business like they they might have moments of happiness but then maybe they're like uh 
what's the next step? Like so much uncertainty that you just feel like you're falling through the cracks or something like that. And so I think it's, it's important to embrace that we're going to go through some tough things in life, but it's the tough things that bring those beautiful moments. Like, uh, how did you feel the day of your wedding? Like, I would, I would think that that would be a pretty beautiful moment from, from our conversations. What was going through your mind and your, your heart and your soul during that day? Oh, it was just, it was, it was the best day ever. It was just pure happiness. So, so, some anxiousness for sure, uh, that would just go along with it. But like, it was just jubilation embodied in emotions without a doubt. It just resonated through my whole body. Like I was excited from, from beginning to end. I had a, I had a, a big boot camp class that, that more the morning of, I was like, I just, I needed to exercise in the morning and I wanted to see all the people. That, that was really great. So like that always makes me happiest too. So like I got to start the day doing a boot camp, super happy. Uh, then just like from beginning to end, it was just like the, the, just the best day of my life. It was really, really awesome. It was pure joy and excitement. And uh, yeah, a feeling that I think that many other people have felt in regards to a number of things, but like, pure happiness in emotional form like for real that would just resonate through your whole body like i was i i i i have i don't i don't know the last time i cried and i don't know i'm not against crying i think people probably should cry but like i was really up in the air like i was super emotional all day like i might it's a 50 50 shot i might break down and be bawling all day or i might be totally fine and i ended up not crying but I think my my excitement and my happiness just wouldn't even allow it. Like it was just, I was so filled with joy. It was great. And even in the darkest of times in our lives, we all have that to look forward to. You know, one of the best books, if, if you've never read A Man's Search for Meaning, it's a, a book I've referenced a lot. It's in the top five most influential books I've ever read. Um, you know, this guy who was who was uh, a Jewish guy in uh, concentration camps in, during the Holocaust and Basically, the book, the, uh, a main part of the book is the uh, the importance and the significance of hope and how hope gets you through anything, the hope of things to come. And like what separated him from a lot of others who maybe did not make it is the hope he was separated from his wife was just this hope to see his wife again that kept him moving forward and indifferent in almost any of the most unbelievably heinous situations that anybody could ever imagine. That kept him through. And like that feeling of my wedding day is enough hope to kind of get me through anything. Cause I know that those days are still possible. Like it's there, there's something magical about hope. Well, and that, that, like, if I, if I were to sum up that day, it's happiness and hope. It's so true. I mean, you put it really, really well. And just like in reflecting on that song, like I know some tough times in your life and I know that we could dive down the rabbit hole and get even, even dark with things as you can with most people. Um, but it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish upon you to have gone through having cancer, to have gone through the process of getting to where you are with, with your relationship. However, if in the purpose of aligning with the title of the song, if I had not wished you pain, would you have gotten to have that day that you had? And like, the thing is based on how all the events unfolded, you, you wouldn't. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's, I guess it kind of comes around to the fact that, uh, it's a reality. We go through tough things that shape us who we are. We're, 
whether it's our high school experience, whether it's a five-year period of life, whether it's a body image thing, we, we go through that stuff and we wish it upon each other as a way of, of saying I love you because we know what is to come. We know that uh, the sun does rise every morning, whether it's behind clouds or behind smog or pollution or whatever is going on. That sun keeps going around and around. And yeah, new babies and puppies and kittens are born every day. Absolutely. Amid the chaos. And, you know, it's two things that are kind of correlated that you kind of brought up are um, I guess one thing is I think it's important to just learn to learn the grit to not be offended. So this is kind of the first part. It might not seem like they're related, but they are. Like, if you want to look for a reason to be offended, you will find it. If, if you want to be upset, if you want to be triggered by something, and if you want to take something to heart, it doesn't take much to do. So a really good thing to do is learn to build the grit to let things go and not be offended by things. Because I feel like we're in a society now where a lot of people are just looking for reasons to be upset and hurt that maybe aren't necessarily there. And I think a good way to do that is to realize that, like you brought up, <clears throat> we're in this COVID situation and it's terrible. And I don't want to belittle it by any stretch of the imagination. Getting cancer is terrible, and I don't want to belittle getting cancer. Uh, but these are not – they, they seem like they are unique, but these are not unique things in the history of the world. If you, if you look at the landscape of history and every civilization and every area of the world, any region, country, continent, any of that, and you look at the big picture, every single group, civilization, people has gone through and dealt with unbelievably tumultuous times, terrible things, genocides, wars, plagues, famines death, ups, downs, individual illnesses, viruses. I look at my own situation. Like I didn't have to deal with a lot of the things that people have to deal with. Like we are not unique and it's terrible and it's not to belittle the situation at all right now, but having that perspective and having that grasp on, these are our trials. This COVID thing, this is our generation's trial. This is our generation's Spanish flu. This is our generation's, uh, you know, whatever it is. Look back at the myriad of time. Like uh, I think... I, I might have brought this up on, I don't know if I brought this up on a podcast or not, but I know it's having this conversation. Like, think about living in Eastern Asia during Genghis Khan's rule. Like, they say Genghis Khan lowered the carbon footprint by the amount of people that he killed, random people that he would just rush through and murder. Like, it's unbelievable to think about. This has happened to every civilization in the history of the world. So having that perspective and being able to 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 pit our own issues against that are it's a good way to bring clarity. And I don't want to say hope or joy or happiness by any stretch of the imagination, but you can find peace and solace in the fact that you're not in this alone. And this kind of goes back to our very first thing. You asked how, why is support important and who has been there to support? Like it's important in these times to understand that we are not unique in this scenario and the importance that it's not to belittle it either. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing to get through. So how much more important is it for us to support those that need it, to us to reach out, to us to be there for those people who might be struggling to go through these things? You combine both of those things, I think that does give us hope to get through most any situation that we'll ever encounter. It's so true. And I mean, that's that's a way of looking at it that's very straightforward in the sense that like, no matter what, there is going to be disruption in our whole world and our whole planet and that disruption can be in any context um but then 
it's it's kind of like when we frame it with uh, fitness and nutrition sometimes like the simple things are the most sustainable and the most effective sometimes mm-hmm. like a person having someone else's compassion uh leads them to a healthier lifestyle than any kind of exercise or any source of protein could not to belittle the value of the exercise and the protein but sometimes it's just that connection that we make that is the foundation for change um and then from the perspective of like the world kind of falling apart or however a person may feel in that time sometimes the simplest thing is to uh really water the plants of the the people in your life and not their little plants like they probably they probably got the plant watering under control but the metaphorical like uh to be able to understand the people in our life enough to understand what we can do to help them grow whether we're giving the voice to the voiceless or whether we are assisting like like let's say like one of my past podcast guests just became a new dad and a way that people have helped him be a new dad is they have delivered food to his to his front store or front door and it's just like this is a way that you can support in a way that is meaningful that uh helps that person be their best self and it's just looking at those things as like a focal point um looking for ways that we can elevate other people in our life like even if we may not have that many people in our life we still have abilities to build them up and help them feel most empowered in the skin that they're in and help them be movers and shakers and people who um have that essence in them to to go out to their friends and say i love you like to be able to create other people that are as sappy as ourselves with with spreading the good the good things in life you know absolutely you know you brought up a you brought up a a, a lyric earlier so i'm gonna you just reminded me of another lyric that i'm going to bring up and there's this great song by this band called dawes called a little bit of everything and there's this line at the end of it that says <clears throat> love is so much easier than uh than we think of if you can give yourself to someone then you should um And I think that that is such a great line and that is so true. If you love is way easier than we think it is. And we should definitely give our, if we have the ability to give ourselves to someone, we should. Maybe that means a literal physical intimate relationship with someone. Do it. Put yourself out there. Your life's not about you. But even beyond that, like spreading love, doing love is way, way easier than we think it is. It's not this nebulous thing that we can't grab. We just have to do it. If you have the ability to, like you said, water those plants of people around you, uh, do it. Do those things. Help them with this. Help them with that. Reach out. Tell them that you love them because it's way, way easier than we think it is. The world might seem broken to a lot of people, but to fix it is much easier than we think it is. It's just doing it. If you have love in your heart, give it to somebody. That is and beautiful. that can come a number of ways. So now we are bringing our episode to a close, which is sad. But at the same so time, I- it's exciting because you get to give my audience a challenge. You're going to say love- your challenge for the day is and just let it rip. So hold on. You kind of broke up there. Oh, so you're going to give my, my uh, audience a challenge and then you're going to say your challenge for the day is, and then you're going to say what it is. All right. Uh, my challenge for you today to go along with our theme of supporting people, 
telling people you love them is to go through your phone. Pick five letters out of the alphabet right now. Write them down. Pick five letters. And then go through your phone. Find f uh, five different people. One that's where their name starts with a letter, with those five letters of the alphabet. And you need to either call or send them a text message right now, checking in, telling them that you love them, sending them a gift, doing something, making contact with those five people. So pick five letters right now off the top of your head. F, G, M, A, B, and T. Write them down, find five people on your phone, and make contact with them in some way. It can be, hey, how you doing? Hey, I love you. You can send them a... You can pay off their mortgage if you want. You can do anything you want. But reach out to five people with starting with five letters. Fair enough? I love that. And I mean, if there's anybody out there that's uh, paying off people's mortgage, um, the Lifestyle Chase is looking for a sponsor. I'm kidding, but not kidding. <laughs> no. I think it's, not kidding. it's really great that um, the last few episodes have been a very similar message as far as the challenges have gone. And I think that should make it loud and clear how important to a lot of people, at least people who like what I'm putting out into the world, how important it is and how much people might need that to um, do these little check-ins, do the meaningful things and prove to yourself whether your friend moved to Antarctica or if they're still in the town that you think they are based on their posts. Just because they're able to post a picture of brunch doesn't mean that they don't need a check-in. Yeah. And what I love about things like that is there's no risk involved. Like there, there, There's no risk to doing things like that. Worst case scenario, they never even get the message or they never reach back to you. It can do no harm. It's like so it, true. It's just a great and, and the scary thing is I love that to hearing that like your last few podcast guests have had the same type of message. But like the scary thing is, is oh, like, I don't know what the percentages are, so I'm just going to make it up. Probably less than 10% of people will actually do that, will actually do that. So be the 10%, be that 10% of that, that will open. Even if you open up your phone and just did one letter, it could change the world. Um, it's amazing how much if you walk by a stranger and they just look at you and you both smile and nod, that little bit of excitement that you get inside of you. It just makes the world a little bit better. How much more so if we actually reach out and connect with them? Well, I mean, I will counter your um, percentage statistic. And I would say, I'd be willing to say, out of everybody that listens to that challenge, from what I have seen so far, it might unfortunately be 0.01% of people take on Sorry. that challenge. So this is the fire that you need to list out those letters, follow up. And if you feel offended that I said 0.01% of people took on the challenge, you let me know that you took on the challenge. You can... Uh, pass on that challenge. You can make it into a movement. Make make waves with this. Put it in your Instagram story as you're saying to these people that you care about them. Because like, if ever there was a time in civilization to be a crazy, soft, sappy, heartfelt individual, the time is now. The time is now. Time is now. I tell you what, Mr. Quizlow, I can't wait till these borders are opened up and uh, we can go get sappy in in Banff or some type of some other type of Alberta outdoor activity. We'll get a two-person kayak and nobody will know what happened. We'll be flying through that thing. The world's going to change for the better that day, my friend. Absolutely. So we'll wrap this up. I'd like to thank you so much for coming back to the lifestyle chase. 
I just thank you for having me on the lifestyle, Chase. It's always <laughs> a good with you. You're 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 as good a person as this world has, my friend. Oh well, thank you. <laughs>